Five years ago at this time, our guest was a senior at Baldwinsville High School. Today, he's a professor in our sound recording degree program. And thanks to his amazing work in the recording studio, he's part of a Grammy-nominated album. We'll introduce you to him in this edition of our podcast. Welcome to Chatting About College, a podcast originating from Onondaga Community College in Syracuse, New York. My name is Roger Mirabito. We record our conversation in the studios of our Broadcast Media Communications degree program. It's located in the Whitney Applied Technology Center on our campus. Our guest today is Shane Patterson. Shane is a professor here at OCC. He helps students learn the finer points of sound recording, which is a profession he's amazingly talented in. Shane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to have you here. So let's talk about how you got into all this sound recording stuff. The house you grew up in, there was a lot of musical equipment in there, right? Because your parents were musicians before you came around? Yeah. My parents were in a band um, for quite some time before I was around. And uh, growing up, there was a lot of just, you know, sound gear basically uh, laying around. And I have always just liked to tinker. So I would just kind of, you know, hook things up and, uh, you know, my dad would help and we'd set things up in my basement and uh, I just kind of kept doing it for a while and would just see what I could do. And then I I just kind of got into the recording side of it because I liked to play. Um, And so it was just kind of this sort of natural combination of my love of music and my love of technology. What did you play? I play... Primarily, I play bass guitar, um, mm-hmm. and I can play enough keyboard to kind of you know get around while I'm recording stuff, mm-hmm. record some parts. So you grew up in Baldwinsville, mm-hmm. and you're around the corner from someone named Todd Hoban. For people who are older like me, there used to be a Todd Hoban band, which was mm-hmm. always playing in central New York, and Todd was the front man for it. And when he stopped doing that primarily, he got into more audio production. So he had a studio in his house where you used to like go and hang out, right? Yeah. When it comes to strokes of luck, um, I can't really think of a a bigger one (laughs) uh, that, you know, it just kind of so happened that around the corner um, from my house was Todd's studio. And it's a, you know, it's a nice little studio that's really low key and pretty under the radar actually. But um, I got to go I was like probably 12 or 13 and uh, I started kind of hanging out over there and sitting in on sessions and, you know, not long after just like recording my own uh, things and learning a lot of things the hard way. Um, But, you know, uh, actually developing, I think, my kind of ideas about how I like things to sound and how I can achieve that Um, and just doing a lot of experimentation. One of the really cool things about that time was that, you know, I just have my friends come in, you know, my friends who had like bands in high school or whatever, have them come in and play and they weren't paying me any money. So it was like, you know what, <laughs> if it took me half an hour to figure out how to make something work or sound the way I wanted it to sound, uh, they couldn't complain about it. <laughs> so it was great. And they le- they kept letting you in the studio and you kept tinkering and learning things and must have been a great learning experience for you. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, uh, the studio manager, Brett, just, you know, him and I got along and, you know, I'd come over and help him fix stuff and him and I would both be, you know, like taking things apart and trying to figure out how they worked and, uh, you know, um, he was kind enough just to kind of, 
you know, support me uh, learning and uh, helping out around the studio. And, you know, if it wasn't booked and there was nothing else going on in there, he was nice enough to be like, you know, you can uh, do some stuff in there. So you graduated from Beeville High School in 2017, Mm -hmm. and that summer you recorded your first album. What do you remember about that? It was a really great process. It was was a totally studio-style album, so we kind of started with the demos with a songwriter. And we listened to everything and kind of said, you know, maybe this song we want strings on. Maybe this song we want cajon on. Maybe this song we want drum kit. And we went from there. And we booked like a week in the studio (laughs) um where we just like it was like just a whirlwind uh recording all these songs and um we started by recording actually drums for everything but we had a session drummer came came in so i put the songwriter with her guitar and a mic in the vocal booth which has a window looking out into the room where the drum kit was so she was just singing and playing guitar to cue the drummer. So he knew what he was doing. Mm. And all we actually kept from those recordings were the drum kit. But she was kind of, you know, guiding the drummer through by playing along with him. And then after we got all those drums down, then it was all the, you know, additional stuff. And then it's like, oh, this song we want to do keyboard. We want to do this and this. And uh, we worked on the thing for a while. It, it was, you know, probably a six-month six process. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you wound up going to New York University, and you majored in music technology, mm-hmm. and you got exposed to the recording scene in New York City. So that must have been pretty cool for you to be around some big names. Yeah, it's weird um, <laughs> that the scene in New York is totally different um, and also completely the same. Uh, there's so many studios in New York and they all work quite a bit differently. You know, in Syracuse, um, I I think I had kind of my blinders on because there's, there's a few different studios here and they all kind of work in a pretty similar manner and all do great, all do great work. Um, But then you go into New York and uh, you start being in an environment where sometimes there is no money at all and you're recording in a closet. And I did a bunch of those. And sometimes there is like literally a blank check from the label. And like the band might come in and spend an entire day in the studio and not record a thing. And that's fine. Um, And then, you know, we all go out to dinner on the label's credit card. Um, (laughs) So the the perspective uh, gets so much bigger. Sure, uh, sure. Being in, in that kind of world where you have all types of industry. Um. It's really, it was really a uh, mind opener. So we started a new degree program here, sound recording, and you began teaching in it last fall. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you being in front of a classroom teaching students how to do what you do? It's been um, really interesting for sure. You know, I'm really glad that I have a good mixture of real world experience and I was in school for this. And while I was in school, I took classes i really tried to find like challenging classes um you know like my professors would say like oh that's a really hard class on like digital systems and i was like great sign me up (laughs) um and because of that i do have a bit of theory like of like the really uh intense theory of audio engineering to combine with kind of my experience and what i like to hear and how i like to do things um but and then translating it here was a really interesting experience 
Because um, luckily, I'm co-teaching with Tony Vidala, who honestly is a, a, a sound master, just has taught me so much over the years about sound and sound engineering, but also a really great educator. Um, and working with him has been great because I'm I'm new to this this game, so you know uh, he puts me up there to teach, and sometimes I start spitballing, and I'm just trying to you know figure out what to say. Um, and Tony will save me, but then on the flip side of the coin, I'm able to bring projects I'm currently working on into the classroom, and I'm able to say like you know uh, like I'm able to show the students this is a song that's being produced right now. This is exactly the process as we're doing it on a, you know, major record we're building right now. And I'm able to bring those elements in. So it's, there's a little bit of a, I don't know how to describe it. There's a little bit of like yin and yang mm-hmm. with Tony and I in the classroom of, you know, Tony is this master educator, master sound engineer. Um, and I'm like, you know, this 22 year old who, you know, probably shouldn't, <laughs> you know, I'm this 22 year old who's uh, got a bachelor's degree and I'm here uh, showing off, projects i'm working on and trying to explain you know oh this is why we do things this way and trying to give the students um a mixture of perspectives Mm -hmm. it's i think really uh probably well i hope it's really effective and good that we're able to show the students everything from the theory the different approaches and we're able to kind of show and i'm able to bring in and show some really current modern projects that they can um, see the inner workings of. So you're part of a Grammy-nominated project for an album, and the name of the album is Some Lovers. Mm -hmm. Can you take us through the process of how all this happened for you? Because the the story of the recording happening here, I think, is really cool. Yeah, that's um, an interesting one. And uh, Every now and then these fun little things happen, uh, even here in Syracuse. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Some Lovers is this album being built and we're in the time of COVID where a lot of recording is happening remotely. And that project all the way up, you know, to the production level, they're doing a lot of remote recording because they have talent in mind and they basically have been able to be like, wherever the talent is, we'll record them. Uh, you know, even um, in Kanto, the Disney movie that just came out, mm-hmm. a lot of those voice recordings were done remotely. Wherever the talent was, they recorded it there. Oh. And they just flew everything together. And, um, you know, the power of the internet sent all the files and put them in one place afterwards. So with some lovers, you know, they had selected Ali'i to be the vocalist on a song. And she was in town because she was recording right over at, she was filming a movie at American High in Liverpool. They wanted, you know, to have her recordings by a certain date and Subcat was a local studio. And so, um, you know, Subcat has the technologies in place to do recordings where we can have other people listening in over the internet and giving feedback. And that's really great technology. I did one project there when I was really young for Estee Lauder. Really? And so we had, it was, it was crazy. I had uh, advertising executives from New York on through uh, a program called Source Connect where they were listening to us in full high resolution. They were able to talk to the talent. We had a cut of the ad of the commercial that we were playing back in real time and working with. 
And we also had representatives from the company way over in France who are in through a phone line. Wow. And so we do these kinds of things. But anyways, sorry, uh, I'm a, a master at going on tangents. It's a good tangent. It's entertaining. Um, so you're recording with her down at Subcat. Yeah. So Ali uh, came into Subcat. We had the producers and the music supervisors in on the session virtually. So they're listening into the studio feed and talking directly back to Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also myself had a comm. So if they needed to talk to me about something, you know, what take we wanted to use or something, I could talk to them about that. And they flew the music in. And we, you know, we recorded the session. We got all the parts down. And I, you know... I was like sitting there and I was like, oh, you know, on my A game with the editing, like, oh, we need to move this take. Great. Click, 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 click. There it is. Like <laughs> I was like moving at a million keystrokes per second, trying to get everything just perfectly edited right. in no time. Right. And, uh, you know, we wrapped up the session. We got everything down. We listened to it and said, yeah, that's good. And then the producers and music supervisors logged off and I packaged up all the files and sent them over to the music editor. We should mention she's a big deal, right? Yeah. She she was the lead character in Moana, mm-hmm. the Disney animated film. And by character, we're talking about her voice, her mm-hmm. singing. She had the lead role. And mm-hmm. at the time, I think she was maybe 16 years yeah, old. She was very young. Yeah. Um, and she auditioned for Moana on a whim. Mm-hmm. That's the funny thing. Uh, she just kind of threw her submission in. Uh, that's kind of a shot in the dark. Um, and Disney, you know, chose her to play Moana. So crazy. Yeah. When you're listening to someone, whether it's with their voice or it's a, a music recording, do you ever find yourself getting caught up in how talented they are? Or are you always able to focus on your job? It's a balancing act, I think. <laughs> um, once. If I once I get the tech where I know the tech needs to go or mm-hmm. where I want the tech to be, then I will kind of let my shoulders down and mm. try to enjoy. And, you know, I'm, there's a part of my brain that's still focused and making supervising the tech. Basically, I, I'll call it babysitting. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure everything's behaving. But um, I, I try to enjoy the music every chance I can because that's a big part of why I do it. Um, I love the tech. And I love the music. So, you know, I try to enjoy both parts as much as I can. And, you know, that session was the kind of thing where the initial tech setup was a big lift. All this routing, getting in and out of the internet mm-hmm. and getting all that configured with Pro Tools, getting the mic up, getting the preamp set, getting the headphone mix kind of dialed in in a nice way. But then once you're rolling, you're in pretty good shape. And then at this point, it's just stop, start, change a take around, mm-hmm. re-record this part. And while we were doing that, I was able to sit back and listen. And uh, there's no uh, studio magic there with Ali E. Uh, she is a fabulous singer. Um, really, really talented. So what's it like knowing that you're part of a Grammy nomination? And how anxious are you to find out if this is the winner? It's honestly, it was really surprising. Um, you know, it's uh, something that wasn't really on my radar to think about um so it's you know it's kind of a, a really pleasant surprise to be you know a participant on a, a grammy nominated project for sure and it you know it doesn't really feel um all that real and i i definitely think you know every every time i'm t- I'm talking about you know the grammy nomination you know i always think well you know there's there's a lot of recording engineers and really 
anyone anyone could have done done that. So, um, you know, there's a certain I think stroke of luck there. Um, but it, it you know it's also uh, I hope this is one of many. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of whether or not you know the project wins, you know I'm not going to be torn up if it doesn't win. I'll be a little excited if it does win. That'd be pretty cool. Sure, um, sure. But uh, you know, if it doesn't, eh, oh well. You know, I'm uh, I'm trying to work out all the logistics uh, about taking a trip and going and seeing uh, going to going to the award show. Um, I would love to do that. That would be really cool. That's awesome. Getting back to our uh, sound recording degree program here, mm-hmm. what do you hope the students take away from it? Our field is really broad. And so at the end of the day, I think I'd love for students to not only understand a pretty good amount about the audio technology. And for me, I'm like, I can be a real almost purist, but uh, like understanding the kind of core building blocks of audio. There's a couple topics, and Tony and I are in complete agreement on it. If we can get students to really understand a handful of topics, then they will be able to continue learning and uh, building and using new technologies as they come. Because we could teach them every technology that we have right now in full detail. Mm-hmm. But if they don't really understand the building blocks, then in 20 years when who knows what we're going to have in terms of audio technology – you know, you're going to have to totally bend your brain to try to understand it. So we're trying to really work the building blocks of the technology. But additionally, I'm trying to bring some perspective of how projects get built because there's there's more than just tech there. there it's, there's a lot of interpersonal and there's just a lot of problem solving. I have one lecture that actually I did as a guest lecture before I started teaching here hmm. that I, I really love. And it's I show off three different projects I've worked on. Well, now it's four because uh, I found another one I liked um, where everything was against us. Hmm. And we still, you know, came to have a project that uh, not only I'm proud of, but we're decently successful. Um, you know, and it's it's projects like, oh, yeah, you know, we had a really tight turnaround because of a marketing requirement, but uh, we were in COVID and so, the, you know, we recorded all the backup vocals on an iPhone um, because the singer was quarantined at home with no equipment. That's amazing. And I did all the production, you know, in my apartment and uh, I had a friend record cello on it with a little like USB podcasting mic he had. We put the whole thing together and it's, you know, the, a, a brand new record for an artist and it just crossed 300,000 streams on Spotify alone. Really? So it's a great luxury because I love being able to say like, yeah, sure, you know, the big fancy studio is nice, but unfortunately, we don't always get that. And, um, you know, I, I do like bringing that perspective into the program as well of, you know, we don't always get the best tech. Um, and we don't always get the best circumstances, but we do the best we can. And, uh, you know, if we have if you have a special song that um, is important you have good, you know, interpersonal, you can still find a lot of success for sure. I sense that you really love teaching. You love sharing stories and lessons and turning that into something that can help students. Yeah. I mean, my parents would say I just love talking. Uh, 
But you've um, done a good job. <laughs> yeah, I found the right, and it's great because uh, most of my studio work is very quiet work. You know, it's very uh, intense, focus, um, listening. So then I, I kind of come into I come into school and I just kind of get to blab for a while. It's it's fun teaching for sure, uh, especially when you do get those light bulb moments. And uh, it's this kind of heavy, not heavy, but it's this interesting responsibility to think about like, you know, what do we want the students to take away? Tony and I will spend like hours and hours and hours, several times a month meeting, just figuring out like, okay, how exactly do we present these concepts? What exactly do we want to show them? What's what's important? It's really fun thing to to do. It's fun to, you know, talk about this work that I, I'm so passionate about and uh, share that. And it, it's also fun to try to, you know, help cultivate more audio engineers. It's like, you know, um, the, you know, Tony, you know, if, having done this for so long and being such a great educator now has, you know, a whole network of former students who he's now able to call on hmm. because he trusts them as engineers. And, you know, he's got former students doing really amazing work that um, is just completely like totally beyond the scope of anything we could have, you know, he could have imagined. And that, that's 100% my goal. Like if students go on from here and they are doing big grand work, that would be amazing. And that's the goal, you know, would love to see the students go thrive and flourish and work on big projects. Or, you know, if they're going into a field more tangential to, because we're not, you know, there's more to the world of audio engineering than just recording. Sure, sure. So, you know, if former if former students go on and uh, do really impressive work on uh, in some other field tangential to audio, I would love to learn from them. Um, you know, if the student can become the teacher, then like that's that's great. <laughs> That'd be stellar. Well, Shane Patterson, you're wonderful. We appreciate you spending time with us, and we'll be. Watching the Grammys with you in spirit on April 3rd, hoping for the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. It would be cool. Shane, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and uh, you know, letting me ramble more. I love it. Uh, we'll have you back after you win this thing. <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed, all right? And we'd also like to say thank you to our Broadcast Media Communications degree program for use of their studios here on campus. And thanks to you as well for listening. I'm Roger Mirabito. Hope you've enjoyed chatting about college. Please subscribe, download, and rate and review us wherever you find pretty good podcasts.